Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. I'm David Keir and I'm here with our co-host Bridget Wall. Bridget, have you ever seen a deciduous tooth with a filling that has fallen out? Unfortunately, all the time. You know, you're doing a checkup and you see that cavity prep shaped carious lesion (laughs) and then you see that the filling was done six to 12 months ago, there's really nothing sadder. Mm, it really is. The, the poor kid, he's got through this filling and very proud of himself or herself. And the problem is that perhaps we're using a little bit too much GIC in this situation. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, at the time, GIC is amazing. It's, you know, it's super quick. You feel like a hero because you've done the appointment in 10, 15 minutes. But then we need to be thinking, we want that filling to last more than six months, Um, especially in, depending on the age of the child, that tooth is still going to need to be a functional tooth for them for, you know, up to 10 years potentially. Absolutely. And it's like we have this different mentality or I see this different mentality with people putting or doing a filling differently for a kid. And I think that's a bit of a disservice. Mm. Um, Thankfully, we've got a whole bunch of tips today from your guest. Tell us a bit about who we're interviewing today. Yeah, so I've got Dr. Tim Keyes and he is a paediatric dentist that's working on the Sunshine Coast and he's really passionate about sharing this message about using appropriate dental materials in restoring the primary dentition. So some of this may seem like a bit of a throwback to first or second year material science, but it's really important. So let's get into it. Awesome. Materials and karyology, my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, most of the universities, and at the moment I'm still working at UQ, teach paediatric dentistry quite poorly. And, and the reason is there's so much other stuff. There's so much other stuff to worry about and that it's like, cool, hey, you already know about restorative materials. You know how to do fillings in adults. Just do the same thing in kids and it's all good. Yeah. Okay? But the answer is it's not. It's exactly the same as medicine. Paediatric doctors, it's a completely different beast than mm-hmm. adult doctors, okay? And it's the same thing because you're dealing with, A, the compliant child, but then also the teeth have got some substantial differences as well, yeah. okay? So we're going to review restorative materials with the aim here to get any of the listeners to have um, more success with their restorative materials because there's nothing that's more embarrassing and nothing that makes you feel really bad than doing something to the best of your ability and then it fails. And it will always happen, but let's minimise that as much as possible. Yeah. Okay. So the question we're going to ask first is why do we restore teeth? And, And we are, as I said, really beginning to move away from this intervention dentistry to prevention. We will never, ever, ever not be doing fillings, right? Yeah. However, we want to prevent us from, from doing fillings. But then if we need to do one, the question is why are we doing it? And, and the main reason is it all boils down to you know, the caries process. We have to remember that the cavity is the outcome of the caries process. Okay, And this is really important for your restorative materials because it is not an infection. And I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that that is well taught at universities now. You cannot infect someone with caries. It is a dysbiosis, so it's an unhealthy oral environment. And it's not just strep mutans, it's a whole bunch of other bacteria, okay? So if you're restoring a tooth, you're doing it for a few reasons, to protect the pulp, to mm. restore form and function, to stop food packing and pain, and also, you know, aesthetics is quite important as well. Yeah. With the restorative material you use, 
The only way it will ever be successful is if you have a seal. Anything else you do will fail. What are the differences with kids' teeth? You have far less enamel. What do all our intra-coronal restorative materials bond to? Enamel. What does it not bond well to? Even with a dentine bonding agent, it still doesn't bond well to dentine. So you have to bond it to enamel. What do kids' teeth not have much of? Enamel. They have massive pulps, a lot of dentine, and commonly about half a millimetre of enamel compared to, let's say, permanent six, which might have two or three millimetres of enamel. So already you're starting on a much more difficult scenario. Mm -hmm. When you get a restorative failure in a primary tooth, commonly it will end in pulpal involvement, which means the failure in 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 a primary tooth commonly ends in an extraction. A failure in an adult tooth is, hey, look, this has occurred over time. We're just going to replace the filling. It's going to get pretty big, but, you know, we're still going to protect your pulp. We're going to be okay. For kids, it it really is in that way. Commonly, it's going to end in an extraction. You don't get those second chances. No, you don't. And then then you've got a far more traumatic procedure to go through now for you, the child. And also there's additional costs, even though there is CDBS and that sort of stuff. Okay, we know why we're doing the fillings. We know what the differences are with kids' teeth, ignoring the compliance side of things, right? Mm-hmm. So the final thing is what restorative materials do we have available to us? And you all know this, so I'm not going to go back through it. The one thing I really just want to highlight, however, is that we're all told how wonderful this glass ionomer cement material is. This stuff is fantastic. You squirt this stuff everywhere in kids' teeth and it works a dream. It's going to stop the decay from going any further. It's going to remineralise the tooth. It's going to release more fluoride into the mouth, perfect and it's easy yeah. okay glass ominous cements in any restoration other than a class one or a class five restoration have between a 20 to 40 percent annual failure rate in primary teeth they have to be viewed as temporary and the, the same scenario would be i mean you wouldn't put uh mod fuji 9 in an adult and expect that to last for several years. And it's exactly the same with kids. And kids actually have significant biting forces. So the disadvantages of the GRC material are going to have the same thing. So you need to view the kid's teeth as, I need this restorative material to last. And if you're doing it on a four-year-old, you need it to last eight years. So GICs have to be reserved for class one or class five restorations. Otherwise, it is a temporary filling. Mm-hmm. And, and that boils down to the fact that it cannot seal. It does not bond well to enamel. It is not strong. And there is actually very little clinical evidence that Fuji's release fluoride in the mouth. It's all lab-based. So we need to view it as it's an inferior restorative material in interproximal restorations, okay? Yeah. So it's, it's a temporary filling. What's our next step? Resin composites. Okay, cool. They've got much more success. They've got an annual failure rate of about 10 to 15% in kids' teeth. Okay? So once again, you look at it, you say you've got a big um, MO sort of extending onto the buckle on a D. Okay? Yeah. You know that you don't have much enamel. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what are our options? Okay, we're going to try resin composites because we know Fuji's not going to work here. So what do you need to do? You have to put rubber dam on. If you don't get rubber dam, you, it's a 300% increase in failures. I promise you, once you've used rubber dam on kids a few times, I guarantee you, you will not go back. It, is, it will make your work so much easier, okay? Um, but you've got to use rubber dam. And it will be, it's still quite an okay material. But once yeah. you're extending past that sort of two surface or quite a large restoration, 
particularly on a young child, you really have to view it as, what do I think the success of this is going to be? And it means you need local anaesthetic. Mm-hmm. You cannot do a restoration in a primary tooth without anaesthetic because it won't be done well. You don't necessarily need to clean all the decay out towards the pulp if you're worried about an, um, mm-hmm. an exposure. We're much more these days moving towards you know indirect pulp caps and things where possible. But yeah. you have to ensure that you've got a perfect seal. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to make sure the enamel is all clean around the margin. And invariably, it means you'll be using the high speed, which yeah. means that the kid's going to feel it. Yeah. Okay, Kids feel pain. I don't know yeah. why some people think they don't. They, they definitely feel pain. <laughs> okay. So it's not just a tickle or a no, bumpiness. No, yeah. no exactly. So we, we have to get local anesthetic in. Okay. So what's our next restorative material? And I'm, I'm just talking about molars here, not anteriors. The next restorative material is the one that everyone thinks pediatric dentists use every single day of the week, but it's stainless steel crowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's disadvantages and advantages of them. The disadvantages is the aesthetics. Yep. Um, they can be viewed as quite destructive, as mm-hmm. in the conventional sort of preps, um, and they cost more. Um, yeah. yeah, advantages are that your success rate at 10 years is 99.1%. You know, there isn't even a restorative material in adults that would be that successful, really. No. So uh, it is an incredibly successful material. The other advantage these days is that you can do them without anaesthetic. Really? So. It's called a hall crown. So essentially, yeah. you, if anyone can put a band on a tooth, you can do a hall crown, which means you can do a restoration on a child's tooth without anaesthetic. That is going to have a success rate above 95%. So yeah. that, that, that is something that, you know, when you start getting a bit bigger or you're worried about the compliance of the kid, or even if you've got a really good kid, but you think, look, I don't want them to sit here and get a needle in their gums and have to sit for me clean out. Let's do a hall crown. And essentially the way it works is you put two separators in between the tooth, like let's say you're doing a D. So you put the separator between the C and the D and the D in the E. You leave it for a couple of days. You pick an appropriate size crown. You sort of try it on. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't push it all the way on like you would for a conventional crown because the kid's not numb. You'll get a little bit of a spring back. Perfect, okay? You load, you just use a bit of a spoon excavator just to get all the main gunk out. You don't need to mm-hmm. go fishing too hard here. You load the crown up. You squish it on. Some kids will crack it but that's okay. You know, you're nearly done. You just clean all the excess cement off, run some floss through, get the kid to bite down on a cotton roll if you can to seat it. Mm-hmm. If not, just use your thumb and push as hard as you can. Okay. And then once you clean it all up, tell them not to eat anything sticky or hard for a couple of hours and you're done. It will A, be successful. Mm-hmm. B, it's pretty easy. C, it pays well. It pays more than a restoration even with the CDBS. So there's a win there for everybody. If, however, you're a bit concerned you've got to do a pulpal treatment or something like that, you have to use a conventional restoration. And Obviously, you're going to need to numb up and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But those are your three restorative main materials and primary teeth. And why does a whole crown work? Well, look, if I put you in a ton of concrete, you wouldn't survive. And it's exactly the same with yeah. the bacteria. So, and that's why you don't need to get your hand pieces out and drill it all out because you are sealing it all in the tooth and it yep. will not leak like a resin composite mm-hmm. or a GIC. Yeah. Okay. Caveats to it is you need to have, ensure that you do not have irreversible pulpitis. Yeah. You also need to ensure that you have at least one millimetre of radiographic dentine yep. between the cavity and the pulp. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes let's say you did a resin composite on it and then, you know, the kid was four and they, you, you managed to battle through, you put rubber dam on. And then two years later, it, it's failing, but you've caught it early enough because mm-hmm. you've been reviewing the kid. Well, then you can move to that next option. Yeah. Hey, we tried the white restorative material. It hasn't worked. This is what we discussed. 
well, we've caught it early enough, let's now move to a whole crown. Don't cut the filling back out, just separate as in crown over the top, you're fixed. Okay, that's awesome. Okay. And do you need to remove any of the unsupported enamel or? No. No. No, you don't even need to pick a handpiece up. Yeah. Okay, so all you're doing is just washing it out, cleaning all the gunk out and putting it on over the top. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and as I said, really, really um, well tolerated and it has been one of the big moves that we're sort of shifting away now um, to, like, we, we do this really quite commonly these days yeah. uh, on kids where they previously, honestly, they would have needed a general anaesthetic. So there's a big, big benefit of doing that when you're restoring those materials. Clear aligners have revolutionised the way we can provide aesthetic and orthodontic results to our patients. Many of us want to get into this field and provide these options for our patients, but are not sure where to start. That's where Aorta, Aesthetic, Orthodontic and Restorative Training Academy comes in. Their online course, Aorta Essentials, is made to give you the foundations to take the first step. They also provide a number of live courses around Australia to help build on those foundations. With an unbiased approach, Aorta will show you the pros and cons of all the aligner systems. Get started at aortaaustralia.com.au. Thank you, Aorta, for supporting dental students and graduates, and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. The only other thing I want to talk about just quickly is, is yeah. anterior teeth. They're terrible. <laughs> I hate restoring anterior teeth. They're so hard. Okay. And for what we just discussed previously in the primary molars, it's even worse in the anteriors. There is no enamel really yeah. on an anterior. You've got ring bark decay commonly. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got enormous pulps. Yeah. Okay. So all of that really, really um, makes your, any restoration you do really guarded. So there is only three really solid options for anterior teeth. Number one is you, you do something called silver diamine fluoride, which is becoming a more common product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns teeth but black as can be, like black as black, black as be, but it, it arrests the decay, okay? Mm-hmm. And the idea there that you're using is you're saying, look, kid's five now, we've just got to get through another year. Yeah. So let's put this on. They're going to look so much worse than what they did when they came in, but the decay will hopefully stop and the teeth will fall out before they become a problem. Yeah. Okay. And we would do that maybe some, we would do it on 18 months old and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we're trying to buy time until a general anaesthetic or the parents just don't have an option to get them fixed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, y- y- your second option is your extractor. Yeah. It's a 100% successful. Yeah. Okay. It will not have functional um, or orthodontic concerns. Okay. You can afford to lose your, your anteriors, mm-hmm. uh, your upper anteriors, your laterals and centrals, not your canines, um, without any significant things. Your main impact's just aesthetics. Yeah. Okay. Your third option is that you have to essentially do like an all surface restoration. You go and yep. put Fuji in there, it's going to fall out. You put composite yep. in there, it's going to fall out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you essentially need to do either what's called a strip crown where you um, sort of prep the whole tooth and you've laid a little crown up you with composite, squish it over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, your success with that isn't wonderful. You know, it's about 70% at three years. Yeah. And your other option now is we've got what we called zirconia crowns. Mm-hmm. So they're pre-made exactly the same like, as sort of adult dentistry zirconia crowns, mm-hmm. but they are like really um, – it's a very steep learning curve and the only way to get them done really is a general anaesthetic. So if you're seeing that anterior decay, that you really only have those sort of three options. So if you want to do something non-invasive, you have to explain to the parent that, you know, you're really looking here at silver diamine fluoride. 
So you do feel sorry for parents because they don't really have many, um, there's not like a mid-ground option there like there is for for posterior molars. It's really like we do something that looks terrible Mm -hmm. but easy or we do something that's hard and looks good. Yeah. Or we take them out. Yeah. Okay. So they're always one that are really challenging to do. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Any tips for, I suppose, practicing rubber dam for paediatric patients? Because you obviously don't want to be doing it for your first time on the yep. child itself. Yeah. Look, we wouldn't do a filling without a rubber dam, just mm-hmm. knowing that it's going to fail. And as I said, it's, it, it, it is a steep learning curve initially. Yeah. But you will definitely um, get used to it. So my main tip there is persevere, okay? If a kid cracks it, that's okay. That's just one kid, okay? Keep trying and Mm -hmm. work on your explanation. Like anything in paediatric dentistry, the clinical component of most of the paediatric dentistry stuff, you know, your run-of-the-mill carey stuff is much easier than adults. Yep. It's all behaviour management. Definitely. Okay. So what can you do? Look, just make sure that you're really confident and able to use rubber dam on an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you think, cool, I've got this. I'm all over it. Right? Yeah. Um, your tips are, it all comes down to explanation. Mm-hmm. Once again. So look, if I'm doing um, a restoration, I will always numb up the lingual a little bit as well because you just yeah. don't want the kid to feel pain. Okay. And to do that, you know, you just do um, your buckle infiltration, give that a minute or two, and then just squirt a little bit through the interproximals yeah. and then come back through on the palatal, okay? And then you'll mm-hmm. have no issues with it. Essentially, I just explain to the kid, I show them the rubber dam, I punch a hole through it. We're, we're going to wear a raincoat on your tooth today. I get mm-hmm. them to put their finger up. I put their tooth, uh, I put the rain, uh, the raincoat, the rubber dam over their finger and say, look, yeah. how cool is that? Look, mum's going to take <laughs> a photo when you're here and we've got this tooth, I've got this on. Yeah. I then show them, hey, I've got to put a little peg on your tooth. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel a little bit tight, okay? But we're going to give it 10 seconds, right? And you're the boss. So if, you, if it still feels a bit tight after 10 seconds, we can, we can talk about taking it off. Yeah. Okay? So they, you show them, okay? You then get your clamp. Now, if, you, if you've got local anesthetic in, you're pretty much laughing, okay? Yep. Let's say you've only done the buckle and you haven't gotten the lingual. That's why you really need to give it that 10 seconds, mm-hmm. okay? Put your clamp on first. That's usually what I will do. And then just count to 10 yep. really slowly, okay? And if the kid is just fine and just doesn't care, we'll just move ahead. Just skip that, right? However, if the kid's sort of squirming, not enjoying it, count to 10, but do it slowly. So one, two, three, Four. Hey, you're four years of age, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. So I wonder what you're, you're turning five soon, aren't you? We're up to five, six, seven. You've got a seven-year-old sister, don't you? That's right. And you're actually dragging that out, that yep. 10 to about mm-hmm. 20. And by yep. then, nine out of 10 will be fine. Yeah. Okay. Then your rubber dam goes over the top. I always just tell them, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I've got fat fingers here. I'm trying to lose weight <laughs> in my fingers. Let's try and squeeze it over. And as you're just talking, you just keep bombarding them with conversation. Yeah. Rubber, rubber dam's on, you know, you've stretched it over, put your um, clamps on, and then you can just adjust it as you see fit. You know, then yep. you can muck around making sure it's like, you just got to get it under that clamp initially, okay? Yeah, um, sure. Make sure it's obviously well sealed because there's actually nothing that's going to cause your loss of compliance than the taste of itch, mm-hmm. GIC, primer, anything like that. That will cause a loss of compliance. Rubber dam, it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, and then the kid just gets to chill. They get to watch the TV on the roof. They get to, um, I don't know, if you don't have a TV, you're just going to start making some fun stories up, hey? Yeah, exactly. You get, you get to go to the zoo or whatever else you've been up to. 
Yeah. Um, and then away you go. And I guarantee you, you'll find life is far, far easier. Mm-hmm. You'll get through your procedure far quicker than otherwise you would have. Yeah. And you will know that, hey, I have done the most successful steps I can to make this restorative material last as long as I can. Definitely. Because, yeah, there is nothing worse than seeing a kid who had a filling done six months ago coming in with a cavity in the exact same place. Yeah, yeah. And I think anyone that's worked with kids long enough has seen it. And look, as I said, invariably we will all get failures. It is not a criticism that. It's just we want to minimise them as much as we possibly can. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.